And that was just going to be, you know, icing on the cake right there. Is if we got into this country with the kids and they got to see some sheep, you know, that right. would be really cool for me. And and it was. It was worth every bit of the effort. There? He was in there. Oh. So he's right there. And you have a rifle on you, right? We, we got the scope set up, and I'm like, I told my wife, I said, that's the ram we saw. That's that, that good ram. And, and uh, I'm looking at it. I'm looking at my kids, and I asked him, girls, do you want to shoot him? You know, and of course they're shaking their heads. Yes, yes. Let's let's take him. And and I'm just thinking, oh my gosh, this is going to be great. I'm going to have my kids in these pictures with this beautiful ram. Right. You know, up in this wild country. Epic, epic, epic. Right. Rolling Bones Outdoors presents Hunt the World from Montana to Mexico, Alaska to Asia, Colorado to Canada. We hunt the world. Our team at Rolling Bones Outdoors is here to help you create memories that will last a lifetime. Get ready to hunt the world and let's get started. Thank you for joining us today for this episode of Hunt the World with Rolling Bones Outdoors. Welcome to the Bone Cave. Um, we are uh, here tonight. Actually, been in. A, I shouldn't say actually because that dismisses the fact that the other nights might be good, which sometimes they're not because I have to hang out with Brad. But most of the times they are because you equalize that bleep. What do you think? Equalize it in what way? I don't know yet. I'm <laughs> so thinking through that comment. You I, made I, I it trying to try throw to some meaningless shot at Brad. You made before it we start because I'm not in the club. Two tenths of a second before no. you got to dig in at it, me. No, it wasn't even no, two no. tenths because I'm not going to be in the club in five minutes. I will just but be I, a benign part of this entire conversation because I'm not going to be in the yeah. Wyoming Bighorn Club. Mm-hmm. Go ahead. I will tell you this. <laughs> Last podcast, I was proud of you because you got through without a single bleep. None. I, boom. For the first time in 100 episodes. I didn't have a single bleep. <laughs> Not a single Look one. at that, because I'll bleep myself then, okay? So there you go. <laughs> I probably shouldn't have said that. Now it's going to be unequalized. Yeah, now you're going to work, brother. You're going to work big time on this one. Um, so anyway, welcome to the Bone Cave. I'm excited about this podcast. I've been thinking about it all day. Um, and actually, I've been thinking about it for more than a week because the minute um, uh, Andy got off the mountain, I'm like, dude, we got to do a podcast. And you're going to write an article, too, right? You got it. All right. Perfect. So anyway, we are here with um, so I have Brad Dana, the great Brad Dana, as always, bleep. And to my right today, live in the studio is uh, Mr. Andy Miller. And um, some of you might know him by Mr. Bighorn from Wyoming. So he has the uh, record in Rolling Bones in a couple ways, but some we won't talk about. But <laughs> <laughs> here we go. Here we go. But anyway, um, uh, your the Instagram post of your Ram trended on Instagram for us more than anything we've ever had on Instagram. And not on Facebook for Instagram. It absolutely went viral for us. And I'd, I'd really like to think it had nothing to do with the Ram, though, right? It had, I think it had everything to do with the picture there of you, you and your skinny ass sitting behind <laughs> it. That's exactly what, I, right, that that's exactly that what I was thinking, Andy. Good. <laughs> no, it had everything to do with what starts out with six and a half in, 16 and a half inch bases, and it just continued all the way around its donut and never even let up. That's, I think, what it had to do with. Maybe a little. Maybe a little. Maybe a little but yeah. anyway, so we have Andy Miller, and we are going to talk about um, Wyoming. 
and I was teasing Brad right away because I had to throw a meaningless shot um, and step on his back a little bit because I am going to be out of this. It was meaningless to you. It wasn't meaningless to me. It oh, very yeah, hurtful. yeah. Here we go. He's going to be sad. <laughs> he's, like the, he's like the sad cow that's got, as sad when he eats, and he eats when he's sad, and so he's sad when he eats. So, anyway. Snowflake. Yeah, mm-hmm. snowflake for sure, I, I guess, allegedly. So, anyway, it's funny because um, – that uh, tonight's podcast, we are going to talk about Wyoming, Bighorn, and because it's all changing. We've it has co- changed. It, and it has changed. And, it, you know, the world, as everybody knew it, is upside down right now. And, you know what, over the last five to seven years, um, the size of Rams have changed too. And um, you, I guess, uh, crushed that. Trent, shot a smoker because well, you killed a ram of the old days what you know you say? there's a few of them out there but they're not as easy to come by as they used to be you know when i was uh researching for this hunt and looking into things and talking to the game wardens i talked to the biologist over there and uh the biologist told me he had this tag about 10 12 years ago and he said he looked over 120 rams before he shot one but he said i wouldn't do that if i were you um, so I, I kind of took that to heart, meaning you better right. find a good one and uh, don't pass him up. Right. So you had a little bit of Brad's disease, too, because Brad, that big bull that he killed out there, that the hashtag 393, um, you talked to guys that said, don't shoot one on the first day, but da 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 But you were told to shoot one, don't pass up 120. You know. So you just passed up this ram, though, 120 times. Just a couple times, right. Right, it adds up. But (laughs) you just don't know. We'll get to that part of the story. (laughs) So anyway, so so he told you that just don't do that. Well, he said there was a a pretty good die-off about – Oh, I think it was six, eight years ago in that herd over there. And they, they lost uh, at least 40% of that herd. Um, and uh, it, I think it's known as one of the, the largest herd in the lower 48. Um, but when you have that much die-off, it makes a big difference on the quality of rams you're going to see out there. So I think his point was if you start seeing rams in the 160-inch class, you better think hard about shooting them. And, and I wasn't quite ready to do that, at least not right away. Uh, I wanted to be sure there wasn't just a little bit bigger one out there. Uh, right. So um, I kind of took it to heart, meaning, you know, you better hunt hard to find a good, mature ram out there. And I think that's what these areas in Wyoming have to offer is they've got good rams. Uh, there There's a good number of sheep up there, uh, but finding that big, mature, and a giant ram is going to be tough. Right. So, you, so go ahead, Brad. Well, we we know we we know probably seven, eight, nine, nine people that drew those tags this year, and yours is by far the biggest. I'm glad to hear that. Yeah. Oh yeah, not yeah. a question. No, so, I haven't seen. I haven't yeah, seen. Yeah, I mean, some of know, them are keeping them pretty close to their vests. We haven't even seen pictures of some of the some of the guys that we know that shot rams. So I don't. I don't. Yeah, it's a little surprising, but yours yours is definitely picture worthy. Well, we had we had two other guys uh, in there opening day on this hunt, um, and they killed opening morning. We heard both shots, they, and we we found out later on, uh, you know, they came out of there and 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 they were probably it sounded like you know mid one fifty to one sixty type rams, and they didn't waste any time as soon as the season opened up, and they laid them on the ground. So, um, well, a lot you of you said you heard them shoot. We did. So they were in a different drainage. But on the same side of the mountain. Correct. 
and you could hear the shot where you're at. Oh, absolutely. And they just not stumbled into your ram. No, they, I don't think they had, or they probably wouldn't shot. Um, yeah, there's not a question. No. Because was this ram living in a small pocket that you saw him in every single time? Very small. We saw this ram four different trips up there. Uh, we saw him on every trip, uh, and he was within a mile and a half um, each time. And, and actually, the first two times we saw him, he was in the, the same same basin, same bottom, same hillside. Okay, so before we go there, let, let's back up a minute. Um, how many years preference point did you have? 18 years. So you had 18 years. You can't even draw it with 18 years. Tell us how that happened. Well, uh <laughs> they they do uh, they do have a lottery in Wyoming, so every now and then you can be the lucky winner. So everybody goes into a, a, a random draw. If you decide to put in for the tag, you go in for the random draw. And I don't know how many tags are in this area that are random, but it, it's less than six. Six is that what it is? There's six. You had a less than four tenths of one percent chance of drawing the random tag. Congratulations. Hence, uh, I didn't even go check on uh, draw day. I didn't even go look. <laughs> <laughs> you so, seriously, you just went to work. Went to work. Yep. It was probably a week later before I found out I had drawn this tag. Yeah, because it was 24 to be guaranteed to draw that tag. Yep. 24 to be guaranteed, and you drew it with 18. Yeah. Wow. Got lucky. Good for you. Six years of so my life. So you didn't even saved. go. So so just so everybody knows that's listening to this, um, Andy lives in Sundance, Wyoming, and uh, um, he, he is a big part of Rolling Bones and knows our history and our company and is a part of everything we're doing here and, uh, um, and is a dear and close friend. And so <laughs> we usually like to hear when dear and close friends draw. And I actually – was it you that texted me? Somebody texted me and said and – I, and I was like, are you – because the draw had been passed. Or, and I was like, what the hell? I think it was, and you were like, it got sent to me in the mail. Yeah, so what happened, uh, I, I went to pick up the mail at lunch one day, and, and lo and behold, there's an envelope from Outfitters, and I think you hunted with him last year. Uh, yeah. yeah, Jimmy. Yeah I, yeah, I look at that, and instantly I knew exactly what it was. I said, I just drew my bighorn sheep tag. Right, because every outfitter in Wyoming is – they're prospecting. Oh, exactly. Immediately, they're prospecting those tag holders because, well, their marketing depends on it and, and their income depends on it and everything a they do. Absolutely. So so uh, one of our outfitters text, or sends you a solicitation, basically. Right. says, I'll take you on, which good for them. It's a great letter. It was, it was to the point, you know, I, I'm really good at this. I'd love to take you out on your hunt. It's up to you. I'll leave it in your court and you give me a call. So, you know, I was really impressed with the letter and, and so so that actually leads me to another question. As a resident, how many of those letters did you get? Because that's very tasteful, in my opinion. Oh, absolutely. I, did I you get a lot of them? Uh, you know, it was probably another... Five or six? No, I don't think it was that many. I bet four is what I got. Wow. I, prob I probably got more letters from taxidermists than I did from... Two taxidermists. Yep. <laughs> so it's interesting wow. because the other interesting thing about that is when you got your tag, or when you knew you drew, the difference... In quality of letters, wasn't it? Oh, yeah. I mean, some of them was like, it was... Ugh. Uh, yeah, I was like, <laughs> whoa! But, yep. but the reality is it kind of blows me away because, that you know, from a person's 
from a business perspective, and my brain goes, dude, if I had a resource and I had a target-rich environment as a business person and I have only X amount of days to make my income and only X amount of tags to make it with, I'm going to try to separate myself from the crowd and I'm contacting every individual if I have access to that individual like you. Right. And so you had three or four as it out of dozens of outfitters that do this. Correct. So, so you get the letter and go, dude, I drew a sheep tag. Exactly. It was so happy day. You drew, you drew a sheep tag. Then did you it go was, look? Uh, yeah, I had to make <laughs> I'm sure. Like, Whoa. I'm like, is this a mistake? Because you only had 18 points. 18 points. There was no way I was going to draw. guaranteed in, yeah. in the resident pool, and it took 22 to really draw. At 22, you were going to draw. So you were pro- you could, but that could have put you back eight, 10 years. Right. I, I knew I was at least five years out from mm-hmm. realistically having a good chance to right. draw that tag. And so, so you drew in the random, which there, th- that's cool. Four tenths of one percent, though. You want to be the lucky because Wyoming, even for residents, they only have twenty-seven random tags. I think, yeah, I think that's two thousand uh, twenty-seven random. Yeah, tags I think for, you're pretty close, right? For there. for residents, so even at that, it's super hard pull. And there's four, so you guys are going to take the four non-resident tags. So you're going to go from twenty-seven. To maybe 30, 31 tops. Yeah. I, yeah, but still. So you get the tag. What's the first thing you think? You know, the first thing I thought is, how in the hell am I going to get prepared for this? <laughs> it's, right? it's a big deal. I mean, for, for a guy like me that loves hunting and outdoors and know I get one chance at this, the planning stage was on. It's like, oh, boy, I'm behind the eight ball here. I need to get going. Right. You need to figure it out because I was not anticipating growing. No. I had four tenths of 1% that Bradley just letting you know. You know the excitement that comes out. and You're, you're super excited because you know you got your opportunity. It's coming. It's here. It's this year. And then you go from that and, you know, being excited with all your friends to, oh, boy, we better put this thing together and make it happen. Yeah, this is real. Yeah. So then so then you accessed a few places and made some calls and said, hey, let's have a conversation about this. You started doing your research. And so then what was your goal or your first – what did your wife say, first of all? I got to know that. Well, it, it was a – tough conversation there to start with because last year was my once in a lifetime hunt to Alaska you know so <laughs> follow followed it up this year with the sheep tag it was supposed to be a Andy more, I gotta but. help you okay <laughs> all right I gotta help you you're 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 an executive with the company and you gotta quit the bullshit about the last once in a lifetime to, uh, thing because your wife's gonna she's, right. gonna she's gonna call the bunk on. Well, us there's nuances soon. to once in a lifetime. What's the definition of once? That's where you oh, gotta. Go. See, that's where right. you gotta Brad, go, bro. Brad right. justified this. This is a new nuance. <laughs> see, I, I think you gotta follow it up. This is my once in a lifetime Wyoming bighorn sheep. You know, boom, there you, it is. You hone it in a little bit more. So anyway, so we'll go back to that because I digressed you. Um, so you you go okay, honey. Uh, I, this once in a lifetime. Yeah, it's it's here. I'm I'm never getting the chance again. I'm doing it, and I'm doing it right. So get ready. <laughs> and she's like, okay, I'll reschedule vacations. Yeah, it, the summer was kind of uh, it, it got a lot shorter right there. Well, yeah, because your boat trips to the. I mean, okay, now I got to go scout. Now I got to get in shape. I got to be shooting my gun. I got to look at my topos. I got to download Onyx or uh, base map, whatever. I got to pour over the maps. 
Um, no, yeah. th- this tag this tag opens earlier, so I didn't understand all that. So maybe you can explain that because you were saying, well, no, because I'm open earlier on this side of. You don't have to give specific divides, right? If you don't want to, well, there, there's only one area that's out there, so it you know, a portion of this area opened a, a month earlier. So it, it meant I could go in and hunt August 1st with a rifle. Because yeah, you shot versus, yours on the 15th, right? No, mine was the 20, it was probably the 28th of August. Um, but the other options in that area, and most areas in Wyoming, I'm, as far as I know, this September is the only one, one that opens early. Rifle starts September 1. You can get an archery hunt. 15th of September. But, but you could start with a rifle where you were at August 1st. August 1st. And so you were there. Once in a lifetime, ground. 30 days of extra sheep hunting. How can you say uh, no? Honey, right. this is once in a lifetime, and it's going to affect your summer. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, but this one's going to affect yeah. your summer. It has when, to. Did, when did you start going in? So the first trip we went in was about July 15th. We did a three-day scouting trip up there. Um, just to check the country out, see what we were up against, and, and kind of lay out plans of how we were going to hunt this country. Yeah, because you're at 12,000 feet. You're not going to go in in April. No. No, there's there's not a lot of access to right. this country. No. So July 15th, you're July. up there. Did you see sheep? We did. Uh, we, we saw sheep. Uh, the first day was discouraging. We saw piles of elk, grizzly bears, uh, everything in between, but no sheep that first scouting day, you and just, I'm thinking you didn't see a ram that first trip though. Um, we did actually. You did. Yep we we saw the ram that I shot on that first trip on this, but not on the day of the fifteenth when you were in there. No. So the the fifteenth we get packed in, um, go up scout a portion of the the area. Uh, no sheep to be seen right there. So uh, that was a little dis- discouraging not to see anything, and uh, we we were in great country. And uh, we we kept going, and we we came into the next drainage, and windier than heck that day, you know. So you know how it is trying to hold your spotting scope, right. and covering country, and and all. And of you're sudden, hunkering down, and so are, so are the critters. Right, they they were hunkered down, and and then we started to pick them out, and so we saw we saw seven rams uh, across the hillside, and then uh, we kind of split up a little bit, and. I started looking back behind us, kind of where we were the day before, not into that drainage, but uh, close, and I see sheep coming across the hillside, and that was the first time I saw this ram that I shot. He was with a bunch of, I think there was eight of them in that bunch over there. Um, so this was about 5.30 in the afternoon, and uh, we, we got some, some scopes on him and, and got down out of the wind a little bit, and we could tell he was a, a good one. Uh, we, we didn't want to get too much closer because um, we didn't want to booger these sheep out of there. You know, we're, we're 15 days away from hunting. So right. uh, we no gave sense, them, no. no sense to go jump in their lap. And, and from the ones we saw across the drainage to these ones, we thought, you know, this is a good spot. There, there's sheep in here, um, and hopefully they stick around. So you go up there on the 15th and you're staying there for a couple of days you find rams you see the rams you shoot when's the next time you go back July, august 1st yeah so you're in there opening morning yeah so we uh had some obligations i had to st- stick around here for some things and we got up there uh the day before the opener and we uh we did the horse pack and uh, got a good friend of mine shout out to doug tracy um helped us get get back up in there we uh we took uh some livestock up in there and there was about uh five of us that went in on that trip uh, planned to stay for a, a full week 
you know, seven, eight, eight nights up in there um, and went right back to basically the same spot. And you're in a wilderness area. So as a resident, you can go in there. You can do anything yep. you want as a resident. As a non-resident, you couldn't, you have you an couldn't go into that without an outfitter. No, you, you, you have would, to have some sort of a guide. You would not be in sheep in this unit unless you went into the wilderness. Right. So it, it's required. Yep. For non-resident. Yep. You you go back in there with some buddies, and they have horses. You get set up, and August 1st, that morning comes. You find him right away? No. You know, opening morning, we uh, we saw that band of rams, and we it was probably not till about, oh, 9 o'clock that morning that we found them. And they were in a tough spot right away and so we kind of sat on them we we picked a nice glassing area where we could cover a lot of ground and they ended up bedding down way up in the rocks for most of the day and you know we were debating back and forth and just trying to get as good eyeballs on this thing as you could trying to make a decision it's opening day right right you know i don't get to do this again so right so you're um, not getting too excited no not not too how far away do you think he was you know they were probably about a thousand yards. Okay, so you know. so a fair distance. Uh, you know, you're looking at a thousand yards of the ram. Just so everybody knows, you're looking at a, a big ram, a good ram, sixteen inch bases, at a thousand yards. So with Mirage, it's it's you can definitely say that's a ram and that's a good ram, but you're still a thousand yards away. Still a thousand. You're yards not making away. a call on age rings at a thousand yards. No, no. <laughs> you know the other thing about this country up there that we were hunting is it it's wild. This is where all your elk go to summer and so one drainage up there we had 70 bull elk in that drainage so and we're not talking you know little raghorns and stuff we're, we're talking no, this is big bull this is a big yeah bull 360 area. 380 oh, 400 inch yeah. bulls just beautiful you're like beautiful holy elk. Which, which is great to see until you're sheep hunting and right, you got to think like, about how am i going to get across here without blowing a hundred head of elk out of right this and then they take all the sheep with them. exactly and so it it got to be a little tricky in there trying to figure out where you wanted to go where you could go what yeah, was going to be was there one of the only times hunting that you ever prayed not to see a bunch <laughs> of bigger big bulls hey god could you not have the big bulls in the basin today please so <laughs> yeah. that's hilarious so you see him at a thousand yards and you're like nah we're not gonna we know he's there we're gonna keep hunting yeah so we we actually backed out and came back around towards camp and, and decided we were going to peek back up over uh, into uh, another drainage that was close to where he was. And just as we peek up over that edge, uh, my buddy says, look, here comes a, a band of sheep. And it was that same band with this rams in them, or that ram in them. So they're coming around towards us. So we're overlooking a grassy bottom, and they're coming around the rock bench out in front of us, uh, probably at about a thousand yards to start with. Single file line, one trail coming right where we wanted them to come. And at that, at that moment, my buddy looks over at me. He says, you got to decide if you want to shoot this ram or not. Yeah, otherwise we're getting out of here. Right. And I said, I, I want to get a closer look at him. And and sure enough, it was pretty cool. They they started coming. There was one spot where they disappeared. They had to cross over a uh, a glacier in there. Well, there was one ram at the back of this line uh, that he was a good ram too. I, I, would, I would guess him probably the second best ram in this bunch of seven rams. And 
they they kind of disappear down in there but for whatever reason they didn't want this last ram to come with and all of a sudden they turn around and we got to watch and listen to a couple of those rams butt heads the most unbelievable sound you've ever heard if you've never heard it up in a canyon dead whack. quiet up there and it is a whack that that, you know, almost like a gunshot that echoes down through the canyon. So I've never heard it, but I've heard that's why a lot of times they're not scared of gunshots. No. Because they hear that snap all the time when they're hitting horns. That's what I've heard. And so we were watching this. You know, we, were, we had our spotters out. We're watching this. And you see them, you know, face off with one another. And we're like, we're going to get to see a fight. And sure enough, they rear up and they smack. And at first you're like, well, that wasn't much. Because it took about, just like a gunshot, it took two or three seconds for that retort to come back and, and right. hear it. Yeah, so, permeate, boom. Right. It was like, wow. Right. So we got, to, we got to see them fight. You know, a couple of them banged. It was, I think, twice they banged heads. And, and they pushed that other ram out. The one ram after that, he, he left. He, he split off from the group, and he was gone. Um, the other ones started feeding up towards us in this meadow or this uh, grassy hillside and they got to about 450 yards right down below us and and I had decided at that that point this is opening day right one time in my life I get to do this I want to keep hunting and so they're feeding down there and I knew he was a good ram but we honestly hadn't looked over as much of this country as I wanted to right so then you just made the executive decision and said we're backing out what did your buddy say you know was Trampus with Trampus wasn't on that hunt but I had two other guys I had uh another guy by the name of Andy Rhodes from Spokane Washington great guy awesome to have along hunting with us and uh he, he was good with it he's he's you know this is your hunt I'm proud of you this is what I'm glad we can keep hunting he came a right. long ways to hunt you, right and he think, got to keep going do you think you would have had a shot at him Oh, that absolutely. Day, the first day you would have. No doubt. Well, he was dead. They had so no, you were set up on him. Dead to rights. Yep. <laughs> no problem. No problem. My other buddy, Chad Mason, he came and uh, I think he was ready to go home. He was like, what? You didn't shoot that ram? What are you doing? What are we doing here? You know? And, yeah, that, and that's a bunch of unnecessary pressure you don't need from other people. <laughs> I mean, what no. the, you, you let oh, him keep, here we you go. You basically let here him keep going, go. right? Right. I mean, I get it. I can, That's what I did with my buddy too. I can just. I said all, but the only difference was when my buddy passed on a 393-inch bull elk screaming at 35 yards because we got between him and his cow, and I begged him to shoot it, and he said, "I don't think it's that big," and he's and literally the middle of his beam out there, you can't get your hand both hands around him. Right, you just can't do it. You want to make sure before you pull the trigger. Oh right? yeah, I and mean, then so all I said, not willy-nilly slinging Andy, bullets, right? Andy, no. all I said was just get the out of the way then because I can film this thing <laughs> so I can get some good footage of him screaming. Right. And Brad's sitting there going, gee, you don't have to be rude. No, you're rude for not killing a 400-inch bull right now. Okay? Right. So anyway, I get it and I appreciate it, but oh, when man. he references that scenario, that that's bullshit because uh, we know that you wanted to keep hunting. He was being an idiot. But that, that anyway, we'll just move on. Right. <laughs> no, it, it don't uh, – don't kid yourself. I, I thought a couple of nights after that, was was that a good decision or not? And uh, Yeah, but not really did you think that because, wait, let's fast forward now. When did you – so then you went with them, but then you went back up with your wife and kids when? So it would have been – a little bit like Brad now, I'm thinking, through this process. <laughs> right, right. Okay, go that, ahead. Because this is really a good score. So we finished that trip. We kind of got rained out. and We saw more sheep, but nothing, nothing worth – 
going after or shooting on that first trip. And we had a lot of fun and covered country. And but you didn't regret not shooting him? Not yet, no. Not yet. I still had a, almost three months to hunt. Right. So weather was good. Um, we were coming back. Right. So the uh, the next time we came back, uh, it was more on a whim. I, you know, it was a midweek, and I, I was talking to my wife, and we had had good access to get into this place and, and a good, comfortable place to stay before we went up. And I said, honey, let's let's go. Let's take the kids. When when else are you going to get a chance to get into this kind of country and, and go check it out? And when you say take the kids, explain to our audience uh, said kids. So old. I'll, I'll actually take a step back because these kids were prepared. Uh, my kids, I've got two girls, uh, beautiful eight and nine year old girls. They're, you know, uh, third and fourth grade right now. So they're, they're in the summer, but they were training with me most of the time when I was going on hikes in the evening, they'd come along. Sometimes they'd ride in the backpack. Sometimes they'd hike. Uh, but they put on some miles through the summer with me hiking. And so I, I didn't feel too worried about take them in, taking them into this country from a exercise or hiking standpoint. They're troopers, but they're eight and nine. So <laughs> we went up in there, and we That's put Russian roulette. <laughs> so anyway, go ahead. My wife was a little worried about grizzlies and two kids. I said, Ah, no worries there. There'll be enough screaming. They'll they'll run the other way. But we we went back up in there, and we decided to go do a day hike up into this country. Uh, we uh, we packed up. Um, went in and the kids had small backpacks on. It seems like I was carrying most of it, or at least my wife was carrying most of it anyhow. Right. So we, we good, got there, good save there and we were, we were up to where we had camped, which is about four miles up the trail. Um, and we were hiking this hog back to try to get up to the top. And if you've ever been in that kind of country, you know, that it gets steep, the rocks get slippery and yeah. it it gets a little bit sketchy in places dicey. where you've you've yeah dicey is the Di- right word. Well, and it's it's even dicier with the inverse of age. <laughs> yeah. Well, and then you there's going eight and nine. And then there's a Ooh. visual extreme that creates a uh, um, a over sensationalized uh, awareness of where you're at. Because yeah. when you're on a hog's back, it's like, all right, that might be an eight-foot flat spot over there, but then after that, it's straight down, you know. And so you, you're, you're, yeah, your brain's just spinning, and now you have your two daughters up there. Right. So your wife was really impressed with you at this moment. Yeah. So it it got a little <laughs> interesting for a few minutes there. So we're going across this one section, and we were almost there to where it got better. And my my youngest daughter. Uh, God bless her. She started breaking down a little bit, like she was getting scared, and I could tell. And and I looked down at her, and I said, Molly, we'll get right through there. And as soon as I said that, I looked down, and there's rams down below us. So she's crying right here, and I'm trying to talk her into going just a little bit farther. And while I'm looking down talking to her, I look right behind her, and I could see four rams, three bedded and one standard looking at us, 300, 325 yards away. Well, if you ever needed to stop crying, that did it right there. She instantly stopped, and we're all looking at these rams. And so I'm took scr- her mind off the fear of right her surroundings. Right, we saw sheep. That's right. what we came to see is see right. some sheep. And that was just going to be you know icing on the cake right there. Is if we got into this country with the kids and they got to see some sheep, you know that right. would be really cool for me. Wow. And and it was it was worth every was bit of the in effort. There? He was in there. Oh. So, He's right there. And you have a rifle on your right. We got the scope set up, and I'm like, 
I told my wife, I said, that's the ram we saw. That's that, that good ram. And, and uh, I'm looking at it. I'm looking at my kids. And I asked them, girls, do you want to shoot him? You know, and of course, they're shaking their heads. Yes, yes, let's, let's take him. And, and I'm just thinking, oh, my gosh, this is going to be great. I'm going to have my kids in these pictures with this beautiful ram. Right. You know, up in this wild country. Epic, epic, epic. Right. And so I'm, I've got the gun out at this point. And, oh, good. And I've ranged, and we've, we've got it set up. And How I far? Cut, it was 325 yards. Oh, chip shot. Right. <laughs> just, just dead right. And they're standing there, and, and I look over at my wife, and I said, are you up for this? And I could, I could just tell the look on her face that there was a little bit of concern. So we took a second, and we talked about it. And, uh, you know, this yeah. was probably, you know, we're four miles from the vehicle. And it's probably 12:30 in the afternoon, um, and we we have a couple of backpacks in the kids. Yeah, you're going to be a wreck at 11 o'clock at night. Right in grizzly country, <laughs> in right? Grizzly country. So, you know, my wife was. And you're going to be back and forth up the mountain by yourself. Yeah, she's going to stay with the kids, and yeah, it's, yeah, you got one more trip yeah. with them out. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> right. Right. It's not at all like having two buddies with you with big backpacks and a 400-inch no. bull right over the ledge. So not at all. With some, I get it. some really good, clear thinking on my wife's half, not yes. mine. I was ready to shoot that <laughs> sucker. We, we decided we better pass. So, you know, everything cleared up. We, we kind of watched those sheep. They just wandered around down there, and we decided to go keep going the direction we wanted to go because I wanted to show them some of this country. So we got past that hog so back. Your, your daughter now has the fear has the false evidence appearing real. We're past it. We're past it. Yeah. She's like, okay, no, I can no big deal. There. Yep, yeah. it, it was like recharged. You know, let's right. go. So we make it up to the top of this, and we come crest over the top, and we sit down and we start having lunch, and we're just sitting there eating. Well, sure enough, those rams come up over the saddle. Right, no way. Right back down below us. Just like in the afternoon, 400-inch bull shows back up right across the valley from us. It's it's like uh, the helicopter ram. I call Brian's ram in Mexico the helicopter. I was Brian, did you hear the one about? Yeah. Because you've heard the, the, the who's, when the guy went died and went to heaven. You ever heard that one? No. He was in a flood. So, flood's coming. Guy's on a porch, and he says, a uh, um, boat comes flying by. And says, hey, get on. There's a massive flood coming in, tidal wave. you got to get on. He says, no, God's going to save me. So then he's on his roof, and another boat comes along, and he says, hey, um, get on. And he said, no, God's going to save me. So now he's on the peak of his uh, roof. And, and no, on the peak of his roof, and they send a helicopter, and he says, now God's going to save me. Now he's on his chimney up to his neck. And one last helicopter comes by, drops the rope, and says, get on or you're dying. You're six inches from being dead. Boom, guy dies, goes to heaven. He goes, hey, hey, God, I got one question for you. Why didn't you save me? He goes, who do you think sent the two boats and the two helicopters? Right, right. It did feel a little (laughs) bit like that. (laughs) Yes. So that was basically third opportunity to shoot that ram. And uh, we, we let him walk away. Wow! Yeah, we understand this because I I was on a sheep hunt in Arizona or Mexico, Mexico. Mexico. And so I give Brad a lot of grief, but he doesn't bring this up. So on day six, I pass. No, on day four, I pass a ram on day six of a seven day hunt. I pass a ram day seven. I pass a ram day eight. I pass a ram in the morning and we're on extra days. And Brad's like, 
dude, you've heard the one about God sending the boats, right? <laughs> and, and, and so this ram, this one ram, I passed him he three times. He ran right to us. He ran 125 yards away. It looked at us like, what's going on? Like, That's not a bad ram. Then Brad. we got over the yeah. ridge, and then he's like 165, 170 ram, right? Is really good ram. And even the outfitter's like, you, you might want to think about shooting him. And I'm like, no, we spotted a big one. We're, we're staying the course here. But anyway, go ahead. So I do understand. I'm yep. giving you a hard time. It, it's tougher than heck to do, it though. Is. I mean – at the time, it, it seems right, and then when you leave and you're thinking, oh, boy, I only got so much time to get back out there. Right. Who knows what's going to be around? There could be hunting pressure. So I interrupted you. These rams fed up over right past you again. How far? They, this time they were about five, 600 yards but down below you, us. But you could have slipped in another 150, 200 Absolutely, yep. <laughs> what did, the tr- did the rams end up walking down to the trailhead? And sit in the parking <laughs> lot, and did you shoot him down there? there, there, there where were, are we going with this? There story? were a Come few on. questions about uh, <laughs> what what are you waiting for? What's well, the problem here? So he uh, sent me the picture, and then he calls me. I think we talked on a Tuesday or Wednesday. He goes, "Yeah, the kids are." With, I'm like, Andy, really, really, your kids are with you? Didn't shoot that thing? And I was looking at the Ram picture, going, "Wow, I think he's pretty good, man." So yeah. anyway, go ahead. No, it was it was tough. It was, you know. The other thing about this is this is the only por- portion of that unit that was open. So right over the drainage, thousands and thousands of acres over there, basically we haven't scoured and touched yet. Right, right. there at our fingertips. And so, you know, I'm thinking. So the door to the promised land's open, and you know that you can go over there soon. And right. So you're thinking, hey, there might be a 185, 190 over there. Right. And, you know, honestly – I probably didn't have this ram judged quite right no. from a score standpoint when or you wouldn't when have we passed, passed him the first time. Probably not. No, if if somebody would have would have been right there and said, "Oh yeah, that that ram's going to go close to 180." Um I'd have shot him right away probably. But cuz in Wyoming, you're this a big ram's 170 inches. I mean, well, and you have ram. the intel, you have the intel that says they right. died off 7 years ago, 40% of them. Absolutely. So that's in your register, you know going mm, should i shouldn't i right and you don't have this ram pegged at all no you think because when i talk to you, you goes ah, i'm thinking i won six and you know we we sent pictures to quite a few guys that have looked over a bunch of rams and and they weren't sure that he was gonna be as big as he was i mean none of them thought he would go past 170 when, he, when they saw the picture it's like a mule deer when a mule because one of the things about that ram's horns is they are so light they're so light colored yeah and the the thing about a mule deer is when you see it, or even a whitetail, you see one that's just got bleached white horns, they always look 10 to 15 inches bigger than they actually are, in my opinion. You look at them, you go, holy smoke, that's a big buck. But that's because they got those white, white horns. I, I'm not thinking that that's why this one didn't fool you, because his horns were really light colored. They they were. You know, I think the thing that fooled me the most on this ram, and, and I'd never been on a sheep hunt. I'd never sat next to a dead ram with the body right there. That body size was so much bigger than I gave it credit for. And that's what I told Trampus when we got to this thing, and we both saw how big he was, is I said, oh, my God. Did he visually look bigger than the other Rams when he was standing on the hoof? Oh, yeah, he was visually bigger. But, you know, none of them had, you know, quite those characteristics that led me to believe it was going to be quite that large. Right, that that big. But the other Rams were bigger, and I thought they were too. Well, and to Brad's defense, which I hate defending him in any capacity, (laughs) but his uh, – his uh, his elk was the largest elk we've ever processed or I've ever seen, 
and uh, um, body wise, body wise, yes. and when it we quartered it, we literally quartered yeah. it like a cow, which we don't do, and we put it next to a Bessler steer, and its front quarter and a Bessler steer front quarter. We have a picture of it, same size. Wow, it, it was giant. So, it, so and body that makes size a difference. can throw it off. Huge. Absolutely. And you know, I was thinking mule deer size on on these rams up there, and and they were much heavier and thicker, boxier. Than really? That. Yeah. Oh yeah. Just wow. much larger. Yeah. So they fill up a backpack in a hurry. <laughs> or three. <laughs> oh, and we man, had Trampas with us, so he here. can only carry so much, you know. Yeah, Trampas, he's the 35 pound minimum. No, I'm <laughs> do, do you carry the mag out of your Trampas, you listen to this, yeah. Trampas? Yeah, that's yeah. you, Trampas. 25 pound Trampas. <laughs> <laughs> no, that that's probably what got me is the body size on this ram when we got up to him. But yeah. Wow. That's crazy. So, so, so you take your daughters. So I want to f- finish that story. So you take your daughters back down the mountain that day. Yep. We, uh, we completed that hike and believe it or not, we were close to 14 miles round trip one day. Eight and nine year old girl. 12,000 feet elevation. 12,000 feet elevation, 14 miles and only one almost crying episode interrupted by a giant ram. It was unbelievable. It it was probably the most proud of my kids I've ever been is when we completed that. I looked back on it and I said, you know, there's not a lot of adults that could have made that kind of trip. No. In one and day. I know adults that would have stopped and cried. Yeah, for sure. It <laughs> <laughs> said, Andy, take me back yeah. to the truck. But I tell you what, it's something they will never forget. They're going to remember that. They got to go in the same country dad killed his ram in. You know, hopefully one day I can take them back into that same country. They'll remember it when they get their ram. Tag yeah, and yeah, they'll be getting them points here pretty quick. Darn right. Yeah, we're gonna we're gonna get them going early. <laughs> Man, that's. Awesome. I don't think it's gonna be a eighteen point uh, draw when they're no the same I, that's, age. You know, the the population of sheep has really tumbled, and uh, it's just they're hard. They're just a fragile species, you know. So yep. you never know, I guess. But Wyoming's got hard winters, you know, because they. They live up Yeah, but high. those things have been living there forever. They can rebound, too, you know, but who yeah. knows? Well, I don't know. I mean, yeah. the Marco Polo are in Tajikistan at 16,000 feet. Yeah, and, they're, and there's tens of thousands of, yeah. of them, you know. So but it's, it's no different than a lot of the other species. They winter in a place where it's changing. Uh, yeah. You know, there's development, there's things going on, and, and it changes that winter ground to some degree. Yeah, yeah so. you're right. Well, I was blown away at how many sheep we saw down there. So now – you decide, okay, so th- now you've got the girls up there. They've seen the ram. You've seen the ram 14 times. And he said, pick me, pick me, pick me. And you Take me, saying, John Tyler. Take right. me. And you keep saying, no, I'm good. No, I'm good. So now let's uh, fast forward to we're going in there, and this is going to be the time we go hunting, and we decide what – what. tell us about that trip and then what made you go, okay, I'm going to kill him. So – this last trip, you know, there's only so many days you can take off work before they still have your desk there and your name plate on it and all that stuff. I, think I don't you, care who I, you are. But. I think you're pretty secure, but <laughs> you know, just saying. You know, um, yeah. So I had another week scheduled, and I had a little bit more time if I needed it. But I also had to factor in weather and some of those things that become an element in that country when right. you wait too long. Right, because things can change in a hurry. Right. Actually, the, the trip we packed up in there, we came out early. And this was in the beginning of August, and there was a, a 
a rainstorm that came through there the day we left. If we hadn't packed out of there, we probably wouldn't have made it out for three or four more days because of that storm. Just washed out all the gravel. You know, we couldn't have made it out of there. And so weather is a big factor in that country mm-hmm. up there. Right. You, you got to plan yeah, on you're at keeping track zero of, it. of shit at 12,000 feet. Yeah. It doesn't yeah. take too much to go really wrong, and you're, you're just uh, right. surviving at that point. You're not hunting anymore. So, yeah. wow. so anyhow, last trip in, we, we decided to just do this backpack. We, we knew what the country was. We knew exactly where we wanted to be to see the most sheep, um, and we, we got up in there uh, in, in really good shape. It was just Trampas and I, and we had a third buddy. Uh, Tony Barton came up and met us. And, uh, uh, so the first day we got up in there, we got camp set up. Uh, the next the next morning, uh, we got back out onto the knob where we had seen those sheep on opening day. Uh, great spot. Uh, we started looking around, and we see a band of rams all the way across the valley over there, uh, right on the edge of this unit. And we we could tell there was a couple of good rams in there. And so this was probably a mile and a half away. So pretty tough to really get a good judge on them. Um, and again, the elk come into play. There, there's a herd of uh, about 15 elk Damn. down in the bottom of this thing, and we're trying to figure out how to get there. So uh, eventually we work our way down and then back up, and, and hunting from below sheep is tough to do. Um, yep, because wa- that's why they're up high. They're right. watching everything below them. Right. So, yep. So we get over there, and we, we finally get close enough. Well, you know, we booger the elk a little bit. They didn't scare the sheep. Um, and we got to a spot where we could kind of see them and get the scopes out and start looking through them. And, and there was some good sheep in there, some full curl sheep, but, but nothing uh, better than what we had seen before. There was one in there that, that made me think for about uh, five, ten minutes that I better give him a, a closer look. And, and ultimately, there was 12 rams in there, and we decided uh, we'd keep on looking. So, so had you named this ram that you'd passed 14 times? By you now? know, we, we never put a name to him, uh, but we certainly got pictures behind every trip we were up there to be certain that this was the same ram. Oh Each yeah, time. there's not a question. No, he's he got had, some distinct characteristics. Right that you knew from from the back, you know the the unique thing about this ram, and we we asked the biologists and stuff when we checked him in. Um, I've got pictures from from August or uh, July when we started seeing this ram, and he had some type of growth on the back of his head in there, and it was almost like it was a a plate back there or something and I don't know exactly what it was other than the hair was thin and there was maybe some fat some tissue growing back there the first time we saw it it was plain as day the second time we saw it in there it was covered up a little bit more but you could still see the same character on it Uh, and this is on the back of his head not on the horn and uh, by the time I shot him it was all the way cleared up and you you wouldn't have known it was there but um, anyhow there was enough things about this that we could tell it was the same ram each time uh, which was pretty cool. Yeah, that we, we is built super some good cool. history with him. So you go in there, you see the ram, you got one that gives you a 15-minute consideration right. or that you're giving a 15-minute consideration to. And then you say, okay, those aren't the rams. And then you turn and find this other group? So we, we turned and we came back to camp and uh, – 
that night we uh, the third guy showed up and so we we decided we were going to backtrack a little ways to actually the same spot that uh, that same hogback area we were going to head back and hunt this side of the the drainage to to check it out we hadn't been there on this trip yet and and i knew those rams had kind of circled around and kind of made this you know similar trek around the mountain and and so we loaded up first thing and went out and we we glassed the first basin and didn't see a whole lot in there um we did see some some use and things back across the valley but um we kept going uh we actually got to the spot where the the rams fed down below us when i was with my wife and kids and we started looking up and you can hear it before you can actually see them but you just hear rocks tumbling and and so above you uh no across the valley from us so it's early in the morning dead quiet out and you just hear rocks tumbling. And so automatically you're thinking there's something over there moving around. Well, we start looking and pretty soon there's pick out five grizzly bears over on this hillside. So there's five of them over there up in the rocks, just rolling boulders, you know, eating grubs. They're eating moths up there right. this time mm-hmm. of the year. And that's where we saw all the bears. And so we, we watched them for, you know, a good half hour, 45 minutes, drank a cup of coffee. Um, and I said, let's, let's go ease up over and peek up over this edge and and we we do that it was only about two three hundred yards from where we were sitting we peeked up over the edge and immediately i saw rams down there and so i backed up i said guys there's rams and i bet he's going to be in there and so we come up over and you know get did you know at that point if you saw him you were probably going to i did i i told myself with the history i'd built with this ram i knew he was a good ram he was worthy of taking right um and as much country as we (laughs) covered there was nothing else up there that that really struck me as this this is a better ram because every hunter right now listen to this knows that once that decision is made that that you're on high alert you're right. you're in kill mode man you're in i'm getting bloody and packing my ass off all day long right so he's just got to be in the right spot and right the opportunity now the anticipation is like ah right so it, it was great we looked over um you know, we, we saw the rams down there, and they had no clue we were there. The wind was good. The only problem we had is there's five grizzly bears on the hill right behind us, you know. So that put a little nerve in the, the time frame of things. But it was open enough we could see them from where we're at, too. And so we got we got set up, and, and uh, we we made sure everything was just right. You know, we, we had the, the range, we, we had time to, uh, uh, to get the Kestrel out and just make sure everything was dialed in. Right. You, just had, right. you had your rolling bones rifle all set up. It was all set up and ready to roll. <laughs> so I saw that in pictures. Had, I love had my, had my spotter on high alert and, and these Rams, you know, there was a few of them working around, but the, uh, the one that, can I the, put that video on Instagram? Yeah, we can. I, I, I'm, I'm all right. I will. We, uh, we came, uh, you know, we sat there and, and got set up, and we looked down, and, and the ram that, that I wanted to shoot was bedded up in the shade against a, a boulder, um, and there was another really good ram right next to him. The cool part about it was a third ram came and bedded on the, the back side of him. So I had three rams lined up, and we'll have to show you some of this footage too. But um, So three rams all facing the same direction in that shade. Uh, the one I shot was the big one in the middle. There was a another real healthy ram right in front of him and right behind him was a smaller ram so you got a really good you know side-by-side picture of what a guy should be looking at when they're trying to judge rams you've got you know in the middle 
uh, you know, a great ram. In, right. On, in the front side, you've got a ram that is worthy of probably being shot, but he's just not quite of the, the same he's, caliber. He's right. He's not the big ram. And then you've got a ram behind it that <laughs> he is. He chose his company wisely. Yeah, he did. He did. <laughs> And you've got another ram in there that Poor is, bastard. he needs a couple of years. But it was really cool to see that from, a, you know, when you're trying to judge rams out in the wild. You know, they they all have the same shape. They're, the the length on their horns is pretty similar. But when you start looking at the mass difference between them, that's how you really tell. So you were like, this is it, I'm doing it. Right. You're all set up. You had all the time in the world. You took all your time, got the video set up. Got the video set up. Did you dry fire a couple times? No, I didn't get that far, but I made damn sure I was ready. <laughs> so, uh, you know, got a drink of water and took the, you know, did the breathing and got, got, got set. And, you know, we, we just had to wait for the right time for him to stand up and get clear. That probably could have shot him right there, but there was rams around him and it, it, it wasn't worth the risk at that point. We had him dead to rights if, right. you know, the way he was set up and yeah. the way he had to come out of there. There was no he sense was gonna, urgency. He was going to give us a shot. So. Wow. Just patience after that. How far was the shot? 475. Chip yep. shot. It was. A ch- it felt like a chip shot with that gun. So you sent it over, and you high-shouldered that thing, and he dropped like right. a hammer. You know, he, he couldn't have <laughs> done it any better because they're all there in the shade. And this is 1030 in the morning. And, you know, the sun's coming up, just, you know, blue sky day. And he's the, the first one of the bunch that stands up after about 30 minutes of waiting. Uh, so this is 10 o'clock. We could have been there for hours, you know, but typical Ram style, they got to get up and move around and, and reposition. Well, he got up, came out of the shade. And the first thing you see is his horns glowing as he steps up. And then he comes out and walks out in the sunshine and clears himself of the other Rams and just stands there broadside, you know, body just looking like in the prime of his life, you know, and gave me a great broadside shot, um, took it and he went down, uh, you put right in his tracks. Out. Yeah. Didn't, didn't take a step after that. So <laughs> I it was love pretty it. Cool. Yeah. Wow. Big Ram down. Yeah. We I were, mean, we were dang excited. So you knew he was good. You knew he was excited. When did you go? Holy, I killed a big Ram. Not, not till I put my hands on him. You know, we knew he was going to be a good Ram and I was real excited because of the history we had with him. Right. But I, at that point I hadn't really gathered quite how big he was so as soon as you walk up to him and you grab that base and both hands go around it and you're not touching your fingers it's whoa oh my goodness so So it's one of the few times you've probably walked up on an animal I've had it once I've had it twice in my life once was on a ram in Mexico uh, when I walked up on it, I was like, oh, my gosh. And then the other time was I killed a 205-inch mule deer. And uh, when I walked up on him, I was like, what is this? And so I, I know that feeling. It doesn't happen often. It's a good one, too. <laughs> it is amazing. It's a good one. You know, you, you walk up to a lot of critters, and you think, oh, that's good. But I walk up to this one, and pretty much speechless, you know, uh, knowing that I didn't get to do this again in Wyoming. Uh, I thought, man. It just couldn't be any better than this. Wow. Wow. Well, that's Good for awesome. you. Yeah. So, so then uh, you guys take a bunch of pictures, and you and Trampus are amazing with the camera anyway. So you got some great pictures. We'll put some more on Instagram here um, when, this, when, this, uh, um, when this airs. Um, so if you're listening to this, go check our Instagram out. It's just it's Rolling Bones on Instagram. You'll find us, Rolling Bones Outdoors. And uh, – um, 
and we'll have a picture of it on there. I'll feature a bunch more, which I didn't put on, but I'd like to get some more too from you because we'll, there, you got amazing photos. What was the altitude that you killed him at? You know, he was, elevation. He was just under 12,000 feet 12, when we 000. killed him. Yep. Wow. Yeah, we were up there. We were right at the base of the, the peaks. <laughs> so. No, no trees hanging out where you were at. Nope. Nope. Thin air. Thin air. Thin air. Good for you. And uh, uh, would it take you four hours, six hours to get him out? It was a good pack out. You know, we we had three guys there. And, and going back to my, my wife's comment, she was right. You got to say that every now and then. But my wife was yeah. right. It would have been heck trying to get that thing out of there with our two kids because we, there was three experienced guys, and, and it took a while. I mean, you're caping, you're cutting, you're being careful. Yeah, it takes, takes two hours by right. the time. Are you full body mounting? pictures well, and then cape them out. And you, no, you didn't. You just shoulder them shoulder. Out. But, yeah. I mean, you think about it between deboning and trying to get it down to the weight you're in your pack, it, it's a lot easier job when you had three yep. knowledgeable guys there doing it then versus one. it would have been me. Yeah. And so we would have been hours and hours. Plus, Did, did the Grizzlies show up? You know, the uh, the ravens started circling just as we were leaving, and those bears and those ravens hang out together. And so we knew it wasn't going to be long, but, no, we didn't have to deal with the bears. It, plus, it was daylight. You know, we, we got it finished up, and we were probably headed out of there by 1 o'clock. Oh, um, really? So you were off the mountain because you, you, you had lots of light at that time. Yeah. It was staying open until 8, or light till eight thirty nine o'clock. Yep, it was good. So we got back uh, off the mountain in daylight in good time to get him hung up and have a steak dinner. So it was good. Wow. That's awesome. What a story. I love it. Congratulations. Well, hey, this is a good time for a break. Today's episode has been brought to you by British Columbia Winter Wolf Trap Line Trip. That's a lot. British Columbia Winter Wolf Trap Line Trip. I'll just say that a few times because it sounds cool. Anyway, this trap line trips, uh, the trap line trips, the trap line trips. trips is this is this a joke? Although how this is uh, written. Um, anyway, I won't read that. No trap line trips and lynx hunts are available. The trap line trips and trips and lynx hunts are available from early December. Well, what the hell is it? A lynx hunt or a trap line trip? So anyway, um, no, I get what they're saying. A trip the trap. So the trip the trap line and the trip and the lynx and the lunks. So anyway, this trip line trip. This trip line trap line trips. And lynx hunts are available from early December to mid-March. So every past trip this outfitter has done has had multiple catches with their uh, personal best being 14 wolves, two wolverines, and a lynx in five days. This is a five-day adventure. Um, They say shot opportunity 95%. uh, But this is the Jeremiah Johnson. This is in northern British Columbia. Yeah, there's no shooting on this. No. That's a... this is you're when going, I say shot opportunity. Yeah, yeah. That's what the that's this what you're, you're going to read. Sled and you go and, right. and run the trap line. Yep, Super that's cool. what you're going to read. It shot opportunity is 95, percent which means harvest opportunity. Um, you know, is 95 percent on this. This is in an amazing, epic, epic, epic area of northern British Columbia in Canada. It's north and west of the Toad River. Um, so those of you that are British Columbia, Northwest Territory guys that like this, uh, that have done a lot of reading, um, the Toad River is a pretty infamous place, and uh, it's pretty cool. This is $5,000 meals, lodging included, um, and, uh, and it is an amazing adventure. 
Um, you are in a remote cabin. You will be running snowmobiles in and out of the trap line every day. And um, you will be the benefit of seeing uh, visual mountains everywhere. Um, this is in the mountains. And if nothing else, it's a crazy good snowmobile trip so i think there's a lot of people that just buy you know these ecotourism to do a lot right. of the snowmobile trips up into the mountains this is a fully kitchen it's a full kitchen home style meat and potatoes every meal you're up early you're out before uh, light and you're back after dark you'll be checking trap lines all day long um and it'll be leg hold snare and conover sets so you'll be uh getting an education throughout this and um, the outfitter does stagger these trips two weeks between, um, so you have good, fresh areas that you'll be running on your trap line. I think that's imperative for people to know. This is the Jeremiah Johnson adventure right here. And your skin agrees. Pilgrim. So, um, yes. So um, go to hunt number RB7462-05, RB7462-05. So go to the rollingbones.com, click on dashboard, go to adventures, and you'll have it would be prompted to look at them two ways. Browse by category adventures, click on adventures, put in um, RB7462-0 in the search bar. It'll come up and you can see it for yourself. What's, what's if, the title of this again? British Columbia Winter Wolf Trap Line Trip is the title. Got it. I just got wanted to hear you I got, say it no, again. It's, the, it's this. It's the beginning of the description that's a bitch to read the way it's put together. Yeah. Dingle. We'll put the uh, link in the show notes, too. Yeah, so the link will be in the show notes. Is that notes the, and you the animal read. link, or is it? Uh, the, the, the links link. Yeah, exactly. Gotcha. Exactly. Yeah. exactly. See? <laughs> the link to the links. <laughs> the link to the links. Anyway, um, it's uh, it's gonna it, you know what it's gonna be a great trip because I'm actually gonna do this one, and not that I'm actually because we we've do, been do talking a lot about of it. it for four or five years. But I love snowmobiles. I love the dead of winter. I love trapping. So this would be the epic for a kid that had a trap line in Iowa. This would be like the coup de gras um, to go out there and do this. And I think we should get the group together and go do it. So anyway, um, yeah. So. If you haven't already, go over to rollingbones.com. Check out our membership. We are an inclusive club, not an exclusive club, and we have a membership for you. Um, our most popular is $150 a year. That's right, $150 a year. And that includes unlimited concierge service, unlimited uh, hunt plans, and unlimited states and species and also for your kids. If you have uh, minor kids, we want to take them hunting. We want to get them into the great outdoors, and we would love to help you start building an application and point strategy. Hunting is becoming more and more of a limited commodity every day, and as Andy was just saying, 18 years, and you had four-tenths of 1% draw odds after putting in for 18 years, and to have max points draw it regularly it would have been another five to seven years at least so you know it's crazy because what if your dad would have started when you were 12 or 14 um i mean how crazy i mean i think of that all the time you know what i'm saying well here's the difference for me is if i'd have started at that age i could have got two sheep two months sheep. in my life yep in your home state right crazy yeah because it's you you qualified in the once in a lifetime. They changed it to once in a lifetime. By the time I qualified, yep. because I didn't start when I was twelve years old or fourteen. Uh, oh yes, yeah. so you know, I probably would have drawn 
you know, six, eight years ago before they went to once in a lifetime. Right. Well, folks, thank uh, congratulations. Ah, thank you. It was a great time. Appreciate it. Thanks for hey. coming over. We greatly appreciate This was a yeah. fun podcast. A ton of fun. Hey, do you mind if I ask what it scored? Uh, 177. 177? Yeah, giant ram. So just yeah, so that's you, a really big ramp for Wyoming. You know, it's uh, you know Montana. You can get right. the brakes, and they just that, that's a giant, giant ramp. Well, look at yeah. that ramp. That thing has 16 inch bases. Yep. Doesn't carry the mass. Yours does. Dave Cooley's is 168. Um, God rest his soul. Um, yep. And it's sitting right here. And and yours carries that mass all the way around and has longer length. It's the incredible. last measurement on that ram was over nine inches. No. Wow. <laughs> on yours. Oh. Yeah. Oh, man. 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 That's unbelievable. Wow. Hey, one more thing before we go. Help. Hunt Expedition Layaway Plan. Don't forget to check it out. Give us a call. If you have any questions, 605-644-8000. You want to know anything about any of this stuff we've talked about on this podcast or past ones, please call us. We actually pick up the phone. Love to have a conversation with you. And if you're ever in Spearfish, South Dakota, stop into our Adventure Hub. We got uh, something you might be looking for. We'd love to have you out. We are located at the Gateway of the West, right off of the interstate here in Spearfish, South Dakota, right next to the Walmart Supercenter between Verizon and um, what's the name of it? Anytime. Anytime. So, again, we're happy to have you. Thanks for listening. Stay safe. Be healthy and happy hunting.